1: Welcome to the Man Card Podcast and our mission to build an army of men in the arena who are becoming the best version of themselves in changing their world. Males are born, men are made.
0: We're going to separate the men from the boys.
1: A man is as a man does. We want to help you to become the best version of you. Theodore Roosevelt spoke about this rare breed saying, The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood that's awesome the man card belongs to those protecting integrity fighting apathy pursuing god passionately leading courageously and finishing strong a man is as a man does enjoy today's episode to the men in the arena we, we salute you we nailed it that was Woo. Awesome. all
0: right yeah. <coughs> hey guys <clears throat> I've got a Pat George voice right now. you got it. Anyway, wow. Hey, guys, we honor you guys for getting it done in this stress bubble of life, a.k.a. the arena. Guys, we're in this arena together. Males retreat into the anonymous crowd, but you have jumped into the fray of manhood. And for that, we salute you. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Man Card Podcast. We are pumped. To have you on our show today, we are calling you out of all apathy and things that are hinder you, calling you into the arena of life and of stress and of getting it done, and we are calling you up to a higher level of manhood. I'm Jim Ramos, and I'm here with our producer and co-host, Ailday Culver
1: A. Yeah, that's good. Culver K. Culver, over. Hail the, day, the over. Hail day over K. You, there you go. Did you know
0: I could speak another language?
1: Well, you did. Amazing. At I, that I one. wrote
0: this wrong. I thought I spoke pig Latin, but apparently. You typed that out? I typed it out because I didn't want to mess up and I said over day oh, instead man. of over K. I think
1: you should work on just letting the Lord lead you with this. I these think things. you should work on being quiet. <laughs> How are you doing, man? I'm good. All right. I'm really good.
0: Well, uh, you know what? I'm good. Uh, you know what I'm excited about right now? What are you excited about? I'm excited. Uh, You're go- tucked in shirt today. That looks very nice, by the way. Did you but see my, my kickers? I don't even know what kickers are. My I think shoes. they call them
1: kicks now. Look at those shiny shoes. Can you see those? Yeah. What
2: happened to the Romeo's? Oh. Know,
0: those are those like Dutch-looking shoes. Yeah. Those clog things. are well, lame. Cool. I'm excited about our meet. I'm calling it meet page. The men in the arena. Do you know that we almost have se- uh, almost have a thousand members of that closed group in the first three weeks of having this group?
1: I did not know that. That is
0: pretty stinking cool, man. So we're having some great forum discussions, and I got help on how to build my shed. How to d- Fix the floor in my shed. and Did you do it on some, your own? No, yeah. I haven't done it yet because I'm too busy painting the bathrooms and the bedrooms and putting in light fixtures. But yeah, I hear that, that's gonna, going well too. It's done. So <laughs> it went pretty well. <laughs> and hey, I finished section five of the man card five characteristics separating the oh, boys from the men. Boys so men. things are looking up. I'm super excited about what's going on. And, uh, and then you showed me the other day, our podcast has hit. 31 countries around the world already. it's yeah, yeah, yeah. so, awesome. So guys, if you're listening, man, uh, share our podcast with your your friends. And yeah. uh, we're, we want to see 40,000 downloads every month. Is, and is we, what I want we to have see. a
1: listener in China. And so share with your friends in China. Yeah, yeah. You know what's yeah. disturbing is when you see a country
0: and there's like one download, you're like, oh, they hated us. <laughs> <laughs> they <laughs> listened. We we've got Russia, but they're not coming back. <laughs> Maybe they didn't understand it. They just don't
1: understand our humor. Or the language.
0: Oh, the platy- American humor. Wait, was that Irish?
1: Oh, now they're the Irish love us. You probably did something like sense. that, and you offended them, and now they're I not I probably made anymore. fun of cats and some oh, lame, like stupid. I don't think they have cats in Russia. No, they, they're
0: they smart. They use them for food. Okay. <laughs> okay. Another offense. <laughs> oh Do you have a man word for me today? I, I just lost. I just lost the vegetarians just now. <laughs> oh, that's a bummer.
1: Yeah, we'll uh, miss them. Interminable. Nah.
0: Oh, come on, yeah. You don't even know. You don't even know what that word. Do you know what that means, Keith? No, I have no. That's idea. awesome. Oh, hold on, I'm Inter- schooling you, no, boys. The only way that would work if it's it's, it's in Terminator, <laughs> interminable. <laughs> come on, yeah. I'm serious. You Here, know, okay. So you're our smart, guest. Guy. We have Keith Sherman on the show today. Hey, I'm also. And making I was going to guess, smarter. guess the word that would fit him. Yeah. And how can you say that when he doesn't even know the word? Okay. Well. Well, I'm I, teaching him something. Can I don't even I know how many him? syllables that is. You gotta
3: get the dex- dictionary
0: out. Wichita Seriously, yeah, he gets a man word deduction for that. Go, go ahead, right. throw it at me. I don't uh, know. You're gonna you to sell this. You know the word art. is no, because I'm, yes. I'm
1: I'm a man. It's Pat. got four syllables. Oh, this is yeah, great. I've heard oh, the word, but five I syllables. Give you the All Bible. right, check it out. It's incapable of being terminated, unending, unceasing, having no limits. And so I was thinking of like That's long scary. hauling. And just getting oh, out on the road and going, and so my mind starts warping from one place to another, and I ended up with this: like I'm not gonna be stopped. I'm gonna get her done. Bam. Why couldn't you just pick a word like haul? Well, I would have had H A U L. Well, I would have had haul. Yes, long haul. Long long haul. Then one you would have been like, oh, it's hyphenated. Dale's hyphenating words, so I just got all smart. So everybody, our listeners, just got learned. What interminable They just, got, they just learned. got learned. Yeah. Because I just, I just you're, you're edumacated. You. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. You're welcome. Now, by the way,
0: hold Pat's on a second. have a stroke. Here what did I say? So I said that you should have a word. You should have said, ter- like, it sounded like termi- terminator. Interminable. And in the definition is the word terminate. Right. Okay. okay that's better. I, I, when I look at Keith Sherman, I think of terminator. Yeah. Not interminable. And capable of being interminable. That's almost like What's the word they put you in the ground to bury you? <laughs> Internment. i us stay with long haul. Yes.
3: Yeah. That's, that's, that's
0: easier. Yet. Oh my gosh. Okay. Uh, they, I don't know. That welcome. is pretty close to your man law of don't fight naked. That was like uh, that was like a low point. And
3: there will be rules. more to come. Gosh, please. I was worried when he had to practice it.
1: Yeah. Before. Yeah. I had to listen to that word a few times on the computer. And well, I'm you know involved. what happened is our last podcast we did a one on
0: men don't cry, and I used the word emotive. <laughs> And he just loves the word emoji so much, it threw him off. Mm. And so he had to come up with yeah, a word. Yeah, we really were at me. a
1: conference on uh, the East Coast, and Jim was in there. I was outside selling books, and he was in there speaking. All of a sudden, my phone lights up with all these emojis. And they said, oh, Jim said you would love this. My phone blew up with all these smiley faces and all this weirdo stuff. So don't do that again. Yeah, but then you put on, has- you put on Facebook hashtag blessed. Oh, uh, well. the well, emojis, are not- they're not manly, are they? I, no, thought, I thought that was a like
3: man-law violation.
0: Yeah, it is a man-law violation. Yeah. Although yeah. I I did put an emoji on our men in the arena
1: thing on accident. <laughs> it slipped. Was it a smiley face? I can't remember. It was a kissy face? No, so, but... So can yeah. you
3: use them to your daughter or to your... Or to
1: yeah, I mean, to
3: your honestly,
0: way. you can do whatever you want. We just like to play around. But oh, I, yeah. I think that emojis are made to go... Male to female, field to male. Female to male, not, not your wife. male to male.
3: Okay, Here. so we can use them, but we just can't use them to another male. Right?
1: I think yeah. it's highly encouraged to use emojis to your wife. It's okay to your Snapchat your daughter. I yeah. Snapchat my daughter and she's like, Dad, stop. Just no.
2: <laughs> just use the two beer mugs. <laughs> yeah, to your
0: to your twelve year old daughter. No, yeah. she's oh, no. no yeah. Gosh, she's what 20. is wrong with this yeah. room?
1: She's twenty. I've got, no, leading, I've hey, got Pat. I've got Pat George our saying, to, "Yeah, into leading our Into family.
0: debaucher <laughs> debauchery. <laughs> yeah. Oh man! Oh no, that man. Was the man! We the man. just lost. Hey, we lost the Russians, but we we got the Russians back with the vodka <laughs> yes, comments. The <laughs> we just got them back, but we lost. And the Irish are back in too. Yeah. They beer clinking the beer. Anyway, how do they say that? I don't know. I'm what not was Irish. That? I am actually quarter Irish, so or thir- eighth <laughs> Irish. So we need to. Re- we've digressed too far.
1: All right, Mr. Porter. I'm gonna.
0: I'm gonna. I'm gonna introduce a, a good friend of mine and mentor, <laughs> Keith Sherman. So Keith is here today. Welcome, Keith. Keith is actually in the studio. So yeah, thank you. It's we're good wel- to be here. We're stoked to have you. Reception's good with you. So yeah. Uh, yeah. I thought you were seventy, but now you're seventy. Are you going to be seventy-one in a week?
3: Yeah, I'm going to be 71 next week.
0: I didn't realize that. So that's on Pearl Harbor Day.
3: Yep, Pearl Harbor Day, right.
0: And uh, my birthday is a week after yours. All right. Did you know that? So I I thought I was excited. So 70, almost 71. He'll be 71 by the time we uh, release this podcast. He will. He retired in 2006, 35 years in the trucking business, which is the most massive understatement I've ever heard in my life, which we're going to talk about in a bit. Highlight uh, of his uh, accomplishments he's had in his life, uh, in college, he won the Clark Award for the Most Improved Player in the 1968 University of Oregon football team. It was a good weekend for the Ducks. That was the worst game. I turned it off in the first quarter because I at least won in a football game. Seth, what, 69 to 10 or something?
2: Yeah. Oh, what, yeah. It was a beatdown. Yeah, the
0: Beavers just hired a guy, John Smith. John Smith, who's was a quarterback? A, yes. and yeah. He's from UW. So anyway, um, we just lost our Europeans. Okay. <laughs> Because soccer is not a sport. Anyway, uh, served in the military from 69 to 71. Uh, and he wrote, and as part of his bio was business success, massive understatement. And then uh, most important uh, uh, victory is, uh, that he lists here is we raised a loving and productive family, which is also an understatement. But uh, that's okay. We're going to p- unpack some of this a little bit later. Uh, his passion right now, his mission is Ephesians 4.12, to prepare God's people for works of service. Currently lives in Pleasant Hill, Oregon with his beautiful wife, Tony. Married 49 years. Yesterday.
3: Nice. Oh, really? Yeah, yesterday. Happy anniversary. Yeah, we celebrated. We went down to the coast. Oh, it was a beautiful day. Our anniversary was yesterday.
0: So, what? Was it really? Yes. 10, 12, 13? 14. 14? All right, man. Well, well your fiftieth, your kids got to do a big shindig for your fiftieth because we're, we're putting gonna, together my in-laws fiftieth this this August.
3: We're going to take the kids, the whole family, someplace, probably Hawaii or something like that. We're, we're working on that now. Oh, man. We got to do it during spring break, though. I think next year versus uh, you know, it'll be slow
0: there running. then. Well, yeah. it's tough because you've got two <laughs> collegiate athletes. Do you have two or more of grandchildren playing college sports? Uh, we got two. So uh, the others
3: are too young. Got ones of uh, Jeff's. Got a fifteen-year-old and a
0: thirteen-year-old and a eight-year-old. So Gage, Gage Gubrud, right? Or as they say, the announcers say, Gage Gubrud. Gubrud. <laughs> is the starting quarterback for Eastern Washington. He had his last game. He had five hundred and twenty-nine yards of total offense.
3: Yeah, something like so that. So he's not
0: very good no. at quarterback. And then uh, your granddaughter Montana just got a, a preferred walk-on to be a setter for OSU. Yeah, Oregon State. It'll wow.
3: be hard wearing. Yeah, you know, orange and black but we got to do that
0: yeah I mean you know it, you what you do is you buy the orange and say you're using it for your hunting colors and you go to Wyoming yeah, or yeah, Utah perfect. where you have to wear uh, blaze orange perfect. so no I'll, anyway. do it,
3: I'll do it for Montana no okay that's good well
0: to you told me one time because you're wearing the Eastern Washington hat right now blood is thicker than water so oh absolutely uh, so you're gonna do it you're gonna suck it up and uh, do it for the the kids so and you're you have two children Jennifer 46 who is one of my wife's dear friends and Jeff who is 44. And so, Keith, we're just gonna, we're going to jump into this thing because I do want to ask you more about your business because I think what you, I think our listeners need to realize that the kind of man you are, and uh, and to do that, I want to unpack some of your business success. But before we do that, we're going to get into our rapid fire round. I just love the M60.
1: Or okay. the AK-47. That was
0: not an AK-47. I don't care what the little icon says. That was not an AK-47.
1: AK-47 has heard in True Lies. No, not true. Not true. <laughs> it's fake news. It is fake news. That was fake news. <laughs> right. So, so Keith,
0: what I'm going to do in this round, if you're ready for it, man, I want to do a finish the sentence round. So I picked some sentences because of you and, and my relationship with you and so things I know about you. I think I know what you're going to say, but I'm not sure. So are you ready for this? Yeah. Go ahead. All right, man. Let's here we go. It. At 71 almost, I stay in shape by?
3: Working out every day.
0: Seriously. Every single day. So, okay. Next sentence. One thing I do to love my wife is? I honor her. I include her. Oh, that's good. So you've you've uh spoke to me about her often saying she's my hiking buddy.
3: Oh she is, yeah. We do a lot of things together. We kinda of, you know, the stage of life, especially as you kinda of get into this stage of life, uh, you need a good partner. So we work at doing things together. Uh hiking and working out. Yeah. Uh you know, family. We go to all the games and stuff together.
0: So. Yeah, you're 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 going to Washington. You're driving all over the Northwest, flying and driving to watch Gage play.
3: Yeah, we I think we saw all but two of his games, Wow. In Montana too. We we yeah. making all up and down the well over the north Northwest with her. She played for Lynn
0: Benton for quite a while. So so life is as busy and hectic as ever, even after retirement.
3: Yeah, and just kids, but they all in participating in sports. Uh, yeah, so yeah, we try to make as many as we can. It's a, a little bit of a a philosophy, I guess, try to stay engaged with the family. I mean, we have to, you know, we insert ourselves in their lives. And that's what we try to do anyway.
0: Okay, that's really good. So your grandparents, and so what you're saying is you're inserting your life into your grandchildren's events. Was that the same thing you did with your children? That's more natural with your children, right?
3: Yeah, you're busy uh, raising family. You, you do everything naturally with uh, with the kids as they're growing up. And both Jennifer and Jeff were very active. I mean, in sports, uh, we attended all those. coached uh, Jeff's uh, football team, that type of thing. You know, mm-hmm. so being engaged and helping raise the kids, and it's important, I think, to know who your kids are friends with. And yeah, uh, our place was always the place to gather when they were growing up. And it's uh, a family as you as you families grow up, and and uh, and Jennifer and and. Um, Jeff's case, uh, the kids, you get busy in life. Yeah. And uh, as grandparents, um, you know, how can you be engaged? How can you be involved with them? Well, they're busy raising families, so we go to them.
0: We You insert you yourself. That's a powerful, powerful statement. You insert yourself into their life. You go to them. So that's powerful. I mean, that's really, really good. So yeah, when,
3: okay. they, when they do things, uh, you know, they go to Billy Sinok water skiing, and uh, that. They invite us. Yeah. We go. go.
0: They probably would probably go if they didn't invite you. Right. Insert Uh yourself into the program. Uh,
3: We'd we'd try.
0: Yeah. No, that's really good, man. So 40, almost 50 years of marriage. How has your relationship with Tony, your your relationship with her as a person changed from the time you were married till now? Has there have you seen that interaction change?
3: Absolutely. Uh, I mean, when, you, <clears throat> when you're raising kids, you're both busy. Uh, you've got all kinds of – but as the kids leave, you get an empty nester. It's a different ballgame. Um, it's just you and her yeah. and whatever activities you're doing. Uh, but so it's, it's a tough time in a marriage to readjust yourself and say, okay, what can we do together and work at doing that.
0: Mm-hmm. I have a friend of mine. I called him to ask him about some stuff, and he said, bro, I can't do anything right now. My youngest child just left the house, and I'm looking over at this woman I've been married to for 28 years, and I'm asking the question, who are you? Mm. So what advice would you give our guys in the arena? Typically, I would say, what do you think, Dale, 30, 30-ish to forty-five, fifty is our, gen, our largest right. portion. What would you say to those guys as their kids begin to leave the home? Pat's youngest just left the home a year ago. Mine is living at home, but he's moving out in a month. He'll be halfway through his freshman year of college. What advice could you give our men in the arena about engaging with your wife in the ne- empty nest?
3: Well, I think it, as as the kids leave, you've still got a lot of friends from the kids growing up. I mean, so as you age and as it gets as you get older, mm-hmm. it gets more important to find some things that you can do together. Uh, whether it be hiking, whether it working out, it doesn't have to be a lot of things. But as at seventy, it's substantially different. than It is at forty, mid forties or fifties, uh, because you still have a lot of the connections that you had when kids mm-hmm. were growing up. You know, you make friends with
0: yeah.
3: uh, all your kids as friends, and you coach the kids and all that. Well, that that eventually your life changes, and it becomes more important to connect. And uh, we hike together. We work out together. Um, we go to the kids's, the grandkids' activities together, but uh, we've worked at it. It's something that, uh, you know, together find, find some things to do. Uh, you have to keep that, uh, that, that love life alive and, and flourishing. So doing things together is important.
0: Well, Shannon and I just worked out this morning together. So we're workout buddies twice a week because some of the things <laughs> I love to do she doesn't like to do but i i noticed every time we have met at the at the fitness center that you that you go to that tony is there but you made a comment and you said we worked at it when when we got married early on in our marriage we were single we were passionate we worked on it but it's different now mm-hmm. but You have to work on different things now can you talk to that
3: well I, yeah from an aging standpoint, you don't, you can't do the same activities. I mean, you were skiing, you were mountain oh, biking, true. you were running, and at uh, at fifty, at seventy, especially, uh, those aren't those aren't the options that you have. And hmm. as you age, it gets worse, worse yet. So,
0: hmm.
3: um, you know, some church activities, uh, small groups, for example, okay. uh, studying Bible together, um, th- those are some options as well as the working out and the, the um, other activities, the grandkids and the family. But family's important to us, so
2: yeah.
3: uh, keeping in touch with uh, – we were fortunate, and the kids had a lot of athletic uh, events and stuff, but grandkids too. And, uh, you know, we make an effort to go to those.
0: Well, and that's how you and I connected. Yeah. was actually well, through sports the, with the grandchildren. That's right. Yeah, so
3: – Yeah, and, you know, the <clears> – <throat> In that middle 40s, 50s age group, uh, uh, families participate with other families. Um, you know, fishing, hunting; mm-hmm. those those are always activities that we would participate together with, with the rest of the family and uh, Tony and Jennifer, the the kids. You know, we'll mm-hmm. we'll do those things together. So. Uh, when they happen, or when they come available, we've always jumped on them. We always say, hey, oh, "Let's, I, let's I do that." I appreciate that.
0: I appreciate that. So I, I wrote this one because, because you get you got some passion going on in there. I mean, there's some fire. So here's my question for you: right now, what's one thing that ticks you off? Uh, being marginalized. Okay, so. <laughs> I'm just going to move into the interview. From, I'm dropping the questions because <laughs> I think this is a big a big issue. And, but before I, I talk about the marginalization of our elder statesmen, um, let me just – so you said that you were had business success. Okay, that's a gross understatement in my opinion. Knowing you, because, I mean, you're bringing humility to the table, and I appreciate that. But every farmer I know in the Willamette Valley, every single one, when I say, oh, yeah, I, this guy that's mentoring me in the strategic part of the Granted for God is a guy named Keith Sherman from Sherman Brothers Trucking. And to the man, they've heard of your organization. Now, before you sold Sherman Brothers Trucking, will you just share with our listeners how many trucks you had involved in your company?
3: When I retired in oh six, we were running around 350
0: trucks. How many employees? Uh,
3: 400 to 450-something in that area.
0: Probably. Okay, so this is a huge company.
3: Well, it's, it's a mid-sized company. I wouldn't call
0: it huge. Well, it's not Microsoft, but no. holy cow. But you, you made a comment to me. Uh, we were having lunch a couple of months ago, and I asked you this question. I said, Keith, uh, wh- what motivated you? Was it the dollar bill? What was the motivator for you in business? And you made a comment that I'll never forget. Do you remember what it was? Do you answer your answer?
3: Well, I know what I'd tell you now. I'm not sure
0: what I told you then. What would you tell me now?
3: Well, our our business was based on taking care of employees and customers.
0: That's exactly what you told me. Yeah, I mean, that you had 400 employees families that you had to take care of. Yeah,
3: so I'm glad I'm consistent anyway.
0: <laughs> yeah, there you go. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, well so and you and so your passion to take care of these employees drove the quality of the organization. But here's a guy who has 400 employees, I have one. 400 employees, 350 trucks. Yeah, that's about what we were running one I turned. And so, so this is the I just want people to know. So, we, we interview real men doing real life in real time, and those men vary, but but you're an exceptional man. And so, you're a guy who I was the word I was going to pick for you on the man word today was respect because of my respect for you. And so, so this is a guy who is a, a I'm painting a picture for our podcast. I know this is hard for you to hear who's a, a Magnum leader, who has done amazing things for 400 families. But in 2006, you retired. Now, you 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 went from being this Magnum leader of this mid-sized company. I wish I had a mid-sized company that big. Right. Anyway. You to, probably don't wish to, you had that. <laughs> so, yeah, I know, but I'm saying. But you went from this this leadership position, and in 'o six you stepped out of it. So now, 'o six you still have vigor. You still have passion. Uh, I would, at seventy, I would put you and me in an octagon, me and you against ch- any two other men out there, and I bet we could hold our ground once. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I mean, I, I mean, I just think that you've got the fire. You're in great shape, and so so you enter this thing called retirement. How long did it take? In 06, you would have been what fifty. No, 60? I, I, not I retired sixty not even sixty. So you were sixty years old, so you're still full of vigor. You you're a you're a archery hunter, you're slaying the elk, you're slaying the deer, you're doing the thing. But how long did it take before you started feeling marginalized?
3: Uh right after I retired, I was pretty involved and got more involved in church leadership. Uh huh. Um I was on the elder board and um during those times uh we had a at the church I was attending, we had quite a few issues going on, the changes stuff, and I stepped in and filled in a lot of, so I I had a lot of things to do, and I was able to use uh, quite a bit of experience I've had in business to help the church move through some difficult times, a lot of changes, personnel changes, and that type of thing, so uh, I was pretty busy. Um, I was able to use uh, some of the experience and and things that I had done in business to benefit, uh, you know, the the body the, of Christ, and so that was a that helped a lot. I I enjoyed that. It was something that I felt I was useful at, and uh, you know, had the experience to, to help some. So you were
0: actually you were act, again downplaying it. You're actually a volunteer executive pastor for a church of about three hundred. Is that correct? Uh,
3: yeah, I guess you could say that lay pastor lay.
0: Yeah. But I, you were doing the work of a paid guy.
3: Yeah. I think I, I, was, I was in three or four days a week uh, okay. to the church and helping them. In
0: so areas. at that point, you weren't feeling marginalized. At what point, and you brought up the church. I don't know if you're talking church stuff here. Are you feeling marginalized by society, by the church, uh, by, what, what is make it, by just the younger guys that you're interacting with? Where, are you, where did you feel this sense of marginalization?
3: Well, i think i think generally that uh people like us in our age group have a lot to offer i mean we've you know we've run businesses we've been employed we've been through life and uh, i think there's a lot of things that uh, that we can do that you know uh, mentor mm-hmm. uh, coach um, volunteer for so I think in general, and and it's not all uh, just society's issue. I mean, uh, we as an age group have that have that problem. We need to insert ourselves, so to speak, and and in, uh, in life, in uh, organizations that we work for and participate in, to do what you can. Uh, so, you yeah. know, maybe just maybe just serving food, or maybe serving in a in a more managerial position or something. So.
0: Well, you, I, when I when I hear of insert myself, uh, I I think of like the Navy SEALs and their helicopter going into a of of a, a foreign uh, country, uh, the antagonistic country, and just saying we're coming, baby. And so I see that that's the word picture I get. And so you're inserting yourself into the lives of your adult children they're welcoming it, of course. You're inserting yourself into the life of your grandchildren. And then you also said just now that we need to insert ourselves into the uh, culture and the world in which we live. And what we're telling men in the Man Card podcast is we want the men to get out of the bleachers and insert themselves on the bloody sand of the arena floor. And so I, I love this. So so part of the blame rests on this this viewpoint that retirement means... Purposelessness beyond leisure, right? But you've never—you're not that guy.
3: Well, no, I and I don't think men should be. Yeah. Uh, um, No matter what stage of life they're in, uh, you know, accepting responsibility and and being able to lead in your church, your community, your schools, and all that is—I think it's really important. Uh, So, you know, the the man card ministry is right on. I mean, I, I support it. I think that you're yeah.
0: doing great things with that. Well, we're you guys can jump in anytime you yeah, want. Yeah, I was
1: going to say I'm sitting here listening, well, and going, don't man, jump in now. Oh, I mean, dude, I do, do you want jump in later. I'm in now. <laughs> uh, I'm going. I man, hate when I he would, jumps in right now. Would, you inserted yourself into my podcast. I would love to have like four or five of you leading my youth. I saw a, a post here recently about someone saying I would love for my kids to have a young. Individual to pour into my kids and this and that, and I'm saying no. I would rather have a Keith Sherman who's lived life to uh, lead my sons, or if I have daughters, your wife be their leader. It's not about you going to paintballing with them and snowboarding with them. It's that one on -on one, yeah, that (laughs) that one on one (laughs) daily grind or weekly grind with them, teaching them what it looks like to live life. And so that's so good. Do not marginalize yourself. That I can. I can only do well, I can come and clean or cook, or no, I think you could still be in the trenches of leading people
3: well, everybody's so got good. gifts, and I think uh, uh, using those gifts for the benefit of others is i mean I think that really defines a man right I don't think you're a man no. until you till you are able to um, overcome self become selfless mm-hmm. i mean that's i, I mean to me that would be a definition of a man as soon as you can. Live for others. I mean, that's 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 a quality that, in my opinion, it qualifies you to be a man.
0: Well, you hit that. You said something just now that really stuck a chord. You're not a man until you are able to overcome self. And I would I would guess again I'm 19 years behind you here. I would guess that retirement may be the greatest temptation for a man to slip into malehood, maleness. Because that man goes, okay, my time here, my time in the bubble has ended. So now this time I've worked all my life, now it's time for me. Which is wrong. Yes, I agree. And Pat over here just retired. He had his own chiropractic practice, very, very successful. And he retired. And I'm like, dude, really? You're busier than you ever were when you're working. Mm-hmm. You need to stop. And it, But no, I'm saying that tug in cheek yeah. because he's – Discovering, and the last year has been tough, right, Pat? Yeah, it's been challenging. <clears throat> trying, trying to, to discover find a rhythm, yeah, a yeah. rhythm, yeah. yeah. Could I? <clears throat> Excuse me. Still trying to battle this cold. I need to insert my fist into my cold and kill it. Anyway, would you say that you've and Keith? This is for you too, because I, I want to learn this. Because I'm, I'm retirement is nowhere in the near future. When you retired, have you had to go on this self discovery? Of what is my purpose or did you have that purpose during the working career you know what I mean have you had to rediscover yourself what do you guys say to that
2: yeah I think for um, for me uh, your identity was kind of wrapped up in your job and your profession definitely and um, yeah yeah and then when you're when you're finally out of that and then inserting yourself into other areas of uh, community service, say, like I'm on the chamber board, yeah. um, church board, that sort of thing, um, there was that period where you felt like you were a little bit insignificant now. Yeah. You know, mm. my time is done, and I'm passing through life. I had my time, and now we'll let somebody else have their yeah. time. And so yeah. it kind of, you got this sense of a little bit of, wow, I'm kind of insignificant now. But I, you touched on it, that we all have certain gifts. Yeah. And I think what men... A lot of men we fail to do is identify what our certain gifts are so we can insert ourselves into other areas to be uh to have an impact to uh to be able to um yeah lead other people in maybe different areas so uh i I think that's been a challenge of of getting over that wow i'm i'm just uh i'm insignificant now well if you if you've done it in
3: a year you're doing really well because (laughs) it's a work in progress yeah it's a work in progress and uh you know, I when when we started, we, we talked about my uh, my goal in life, my purpose in life. Mm-hmm. You know, Ephesians four twelve. Um, last couple of years, I've actually doubted, wondered
0: about that. As I know a, you shared that with me.
3: Yeah. No, I said, is that really, or is my is my mission in life or my purpose in life from from God? Is it changing? And uh, I've come pretty strongly recently with saying, no, it's not changing. Uh, you need to. That's uh, You know, you
0: need to prepare people for works of service. I think you're absolutely right. Hey, Keith, we're going to take just a second here and hear from our sponsors real quick. The Van Card Podcast is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. We aren't in this to make money, guys, but we are passionate about making a difference. The war is epic. Every battle matters and every man in the arena matters. Join our fight to change the world with every man who gets in the arena, picks up his sword and starts to fight. Do this by joining our Men in the Arena closed Facebook forum with men from literally around the world. If this podcast has helped you get out of the bleachers and into the arena, then go to our website under gear. Pick up the field guide, my bathroom book for men with 365 daily readings about what a man is and does using famous quotes and epic stories. Guys, you're going to love this book. Pick it up today. This year will be our first ever Man Card Men's Weekend with the men in the arena. If you're interested in hosting a Man Card Weekend, In your city, contact us for available dates. Also, guys, thank you again for jumping into the arena and championing the greatest battle of our time, the fight to change your world one man at a time. All right, hey, we're back. And, uh, you know, I I think you're hitting the nail on the head. And this is just so intriguing. You know, I've got several uh, guys that have uh, mentored or helped me along. I think of Bill Osborne, who we had on a recent podcast. I can't remember the number. Uh, I think of a uh, Ken Watson who's uh, almost 70 who I've asked him to be my writing coach. So I sent him the entire section 5 last night at about 5 and this morning it showed up in my box with all of his edits and and some things I didn't <laughs> like to hear, but he already made me rewrite it once and then Keith I will I drive 2 hours down to your house in we haven't done it in a couple months, and I, I am negligent in that, and I apologize, but probably about every other month just to sit kind of at your feet and learn because as a pastor, we're not taught to be strategic businessmen. And so realizing that the man card podcast that comes under the Great Hunt for God is a, a business that needs strategy and strategic initiatives and goals and that type of thing. And so one of the things I want to tell young guys is I, this is, I think, what the Great Hunt for God, we're intergenerational because our greatest assets – are the guys who are retired, who have all the mental capacity they had before, who have more fiscal, physical resources of time. They've got the fiscal resources. They've got the experience, the wisdom. And the cool thing is this, the guys that are, have tempered, I'm sure you're more tempered than you were at 40. Oh, yeah. So you can communicate with me without like hitting me. You know, like you're, you you can communicate in a way that I can understand and relate to. So we have the greatest assets out there, and we have the baby boomer generation, which is the biggest generation in the country. Why are we marginalized, these tremendous assets that will save us from a lot of pain and suffering? I don't understand this. And the other thing I want to say is, if you are listening to this podcast right now, and if you and you're a retired man, I'm telling you what: get in the arena this world needs you to insert yourself into the arena cuz we have a culture what a john eldridge said on our podcast we have a gender collapse in our country and our young men do not know who they are and we need to have these guys who are our elder statesmen to can insert themselves into life so guys go find that guy so important so 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 where Keith, in your opinion, you're 70 years old. I know you've had some recent interactions with younger leaders, and I'll just keep it there. Where are these young leaders, whether it be the leader of their family, whether it be the leader of the organization, where, where do you see young leaders missing the boat when it comes to uh, tapping into these tremendous assets of our uh, retired men?
3: Well, I think it's important to, for them, first of all to realize that there's a lot of there's a lot of experience running around out here that can they can help you, and actually a lot of experience is looking to help and looking for mm. a purpose. Um, yeah, you know, it depends upon like I mentioned before your gifting and where you're at. So it's in, in life and, and what your experience has been. But um, I would encourage uh, young leaders. Um, to develop the relationships with fathers, grandfathers, um, some type of a mentor that you know it's in their business field or any of those things. That I sat down with some um, uh, some guys from our church mm-hmm. just uh, a week ago, and uh, three young guys, and they're all in different phases of uh, one. One's in a uh, uh, physical exercise uh, a gym owner. The other one's in uh, web development and those type of things and they've got questions that that we have answers for i mean we've been through them you know partnership agreements uh working with family i came from a family business got a lot of experience and good experience bad experience Mm -hmm. and working with families things to do and things not to do yeah when it comes to business but um, also uh, you know we we've raised kids (laughs) we've got grandkids Uh, we all made mistakes Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, some people, sometimes you don't want to hear about those mistakes, but, you know, things we wouldn't do again. And so, you know, a lot of experience, a lot of things that we can share and and, and help with, as well as spiritual development, too. Yeah. You know, it's another whole different phase. You've got kind of the secular business end of the thing. But uh, basically, uh, businesses can be run on biblical basis, scriptural basis. and. And uh, how do you do that, and mm-hmm. how do you look at your the families, your employees, and how do you look at your customers? All those things are, we've been through all that stuff.
0: So you were in business for 40 years, I'm guessing? Oh, yeah, yeah, close to 40 years. 40 years, years. and you're, you have uh, been a Christian for not a long time. 12 years? 10 years? Uh, 17, 18 years now. Oh, it's been that long. Okay, okay. Early 50s. How, what's the? Have you noticed a difference between how the church interacts with the elder stateman, statesman versus how business interacts with elder statesmen, or is is that the same across the board, or is there a difference that you've seen?
3: Well, I, I've seen both. Uh, the Church we're attending now, uh, it, it, you know, would would appreciate uh, the, the experience that comes from the business world. Uh, the one I was associated with. Uh, not too long ago, uh, didn't want to have anything to do with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't think there was a, a place in the church for that type of thinking or that type of organizational skills and mm-hmm. stuff. So, uh, you know, I've been on both sides of it, uh, and basically, it, you've got to make a decision. Uh, you know, what's your gifting and where can you use it, and uh, you need to be someplace where you can use it, it's appreciated or, appreciate it or mm-hmm. wanted. Yeah. So. You kind of have to make those evaluations as you go along in life. I think.
0: Yeah, that's. Where that's, can you be
3: used? You know, where's yeah. God want you to be? Where you can be used.
0: Well, I'm really loving this word. I haven't heard this word used maybe ever, but this word "insert." I, I love that word. I love the word picture that we're getting, and uh, knock it out, Pat. Pat's, I getting, thought it was be interminable. Pat's getting dirty over no. here. I was thinking
2: interminable. I don't know what that word means. Interminable. I can't even say it, it. It means
0: terminator. Anyway. <laughs> When you talk about leading your family or leading your household spirit, see, I don't think that we're called, I don't think we're called to lead our home because my home, my wife, if I could lead my home, I would have a log cabin in Wyoming. But I guarantee you, I lead my household. I lead my household. So in in leading our household, I'm getting ready to start chapter six of the man card book, and it's on spiritual leadership. And, uh, so writing this chapter, and I realize it's I got I'm writing four chapters on something super super simple, which basically is just do something, guy. Would you say that part of spiritual leadership, as a guy who you're the patriarch of your household, right? You've got the grandchildren, the children. Your your grandchildren have come to faith in large part because of you. Because I know your grandchildren. Would you say that spiritual leadership can also be described as inserting? your values your relationship with god your your uh your desire to see your family follow in your footsteps is 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 would you say that there's something to that as well in business we insert what our vision our strategic initiatives but in the household would you say that word insert is also used when it comes to leadership
3: well i i i think in uh what you have to do and from a family standpoint is walk the walk I mean, oh, you got, got to live it you got to live it that's what kids see you can you could say everything you want you can read the Bible all you want you can preach all you want, but if you don't walk the walk, mm-hmm. especially at a grandchild i one of my biggest regrets i is I didn't have a chance or I did not raise my my two children in fear and admonition of the Lord uh, I didn't come to know the Lord till afterwards through your son through my son yeah, just the opposite way which it's supposed to happen, yeah, but it happened yeah uh, But as I move forward, uh, you know, you still – I can – as a grandfather, as a parent, I can set a good example. I can walk the walk. Yeah. Um, uh, I can practice what I preach. Um, I can give advice uh, because I've got – you've got some of that credibility. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. uh, I would say as you insert yourself into their lives, they'll they'll see the benefit of living a – um, biblical life.
0: Yeah. So, you know, our guys listen to this podcast, we just kind of named them. We call them our men in the arena because we want guys to get in the arena. From a leadership standpoint, regarding family, you said you have to walk the walk. Can your family, can your family see a man talking the talk, but they see him up in the bleachers versus that man living in the arena? Does your family see that? How far can the talk go before our family says, you know, Dad, you know, Grandpa, you're talking the talk, but I saw you up in the bleachers. What's going on? How 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 naive are people that we're trying to lead? Kids are smart.
3: They,
1: they, you don't have
3: to. Yeah. They know right away um, whether you're walking the walk. Um, you don't have to pretend. Or that doesn't work with them.
0: Yeah, I would say you're right. Absolutely. Yeah. They, they see what you do and how you do it. You and know, it's really funny. Beside the serving part, I just in my own personal journey, we had Bible studies every morning before breakfast, which was like more of a fight. And we've talked about those in this podcast before. But I think the things that really have impacted my sons as far as the reality of the faith is launching the great hunt for God and watching the struggles there and almost losing our house and then uh, seeing me serving as a volunteer. But maybe the most impactful thing happened about 10 years ago. We were in Sun River around Thanksgiving, and I said, hey, you know what would be really fun is to give our waitress a 100% tip. So we had a $60 bill, and we don't have – we're we're a budgeted family. We're not rich. And we gave her a $60 tip. We never watched her receive it. We just left it there and walked away, and our kids still talk about that because it was a moment in time when they realized – Wow, money really is God's to this to my parents.
3: Yeah, I think uh, you know, in walking the walk, uh, you, you know, in your giving and your sharing and your uh, time you spend with them, I, that's really more important than anything. You know, what's what's that look like? Are mm. as a parent or as a grandparent, are you really interested in the kids? Are you really spending time with them? Are you do you want to insert yourself into their lives? Yeah, and that that matters because you know they don't. They don't care how you know you care. You know? So
0: so let's go back in your life. Let's go back 35 years, right? You're a 35-year-old man. You're living in the bubble. You're raising two kids. You're running a business, which probably still is at the point of hundreds of trucks and hundreds of employees. So do you think, because a lot of our guys are in that realm, they're 35, they're 40, they're raising little kids, Do you? did you find... And I know this is before your faith journey kind of started, but do you find, did you find, as you reflect back, that that because of the pressure in the arena, you had to rely more on the talk than the walk? Do, do, you, do you see what I'm saying? Do you, a lot of our men, I think, get so wrapped up in the job in the arena that they fail to fully come out of the bleachers. They're talking like they're out of the bleachers, but they're living in front of the TV or a lot. I know a lot of guys are living with three or four drinks of booze before they go to bed to relax because of the stress. Did you find that that was a struggle? Not the alcohol, but but the the really walking the walk. Or did that come easy for you in the bubble?
3: No, it's not easy by any means. Is it easy? I I give myself a B in that process. All right. Uh, I, I worked at you know I coached the kids as teams. I I tried to spend time with them. We did family things together. Yeah. So I, we did work at I, I could do a lot better. Uh, yeah. I, I wish I knew then what I know now because I'd, I'd do better yet. But um, I think my kids would look at me and say, yeah, no, you did a pretty good job of, of participating and being around for us.
0: Okay, let's go back to that statement. I wish I knew then what I knew now. Well, what the heck do you know? I mean, these guys are going, tell us. We need help. We're getting ready to have an aneurysm. We're so freaking stressed out. Well, what, what, what would you tell them? What, tell our, what, Give them some advice.
3: Well, time is short with these kids. They're not around very long. You need to enjoy them while they're there. You need to spend time with them. You need to know who they're hanging out with. You need to be, be have that interest because that matters. Um uh, they're spending time with Uh, if it's not you and it's not with family you better know who it is because Mm. uh, that that's that's where they're going gosh that's good Um, so you you can't you can't do anything better than spend time with them or know what they're doing And, and they know you love them because of that
0: see my dad mastered that with us i would call it engaging like as we get older, that rubber band, that attachment to our parents, like a rubber band, it stretches. How about inserting? And Well, I was going to say, <laughs> it's the same thing. He would, my dad would say, I'm not leaving, dude. I'm calling. I'm taking things. I'm doing stuff. And early on, we had some strain in our relationship as a young man because I came to faith, and he didn't understand that. And so he would say, hey, we're going to the rogue river salmon fishing, or we're going to go to shoot an elk in Colorado. It was his way of inserting himself into my life. And who's going to pass up an elk trip? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And so I think that word is so powerful, Keith, to just kind of say, I'm not going to ask for permission. I'm going to, I'm going to model myself as a leader and as your parent or your grandparent. And I am going to take that authority that has been given to me and I'm going to lovingly, not, not by, not by some authoritarian, you know, type of thing, but I'm going to lovingly insert myself because let's be honest, as a grandparent, part of the inserting yourself is, uh, you know, paying for this or paying for this or investing your resources into the lives of those you care about, and by doing that, you create a natural pathway to insertion. Am I right there? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, why not, man? <laughs> I mean, that's why? what it seems. I mean, that's what my dad does. That all yeah. of the grandparents know that I mean, with us, we just found out. Uh, a year about ago, that we had a granddaughter, so she's almost two now, and we see her every week. I'm not kidding you, this is not a pastoral exaggeration. <laughs> every week, she spends a night at our house, every week, and we're buying her clothes. I'm like, stop buying pink, but it's my wife is inserting herself.
3: Yeah, we're, you know, with my son's family, we've we struggle with that a little bit. How do we do better? It's easier, we've found it's easier uh, on the daughter's side. Yeah, uh, it's it's harder. When you're you got a daughter-in-law, to you know, how do you connect with the kids? And uh, on, on our side of the family, I said, oh, "Come on up and work. You he can help me. I need a chance to do this, or yeah. a, I got a got a wheelbarrow here for you, and you can." So whatever it takes, uh, and we don't have all the answers, but we look for opportunities, and I, I think that's appreciated by our kids, but also by our grandkids, and, and they probably don't. They'll probably get it later,
0: but. I think they get it now because I know your grandkids. Yeah. Um, So so have we? So you're on a list that we have. Do you know this? That you're on a list. I don't. It's not the, you know, bleep list. What's another list? So we want you to uh, come up to uh, McMinnville to this building, February 24th, and we want to ask you to lead a seminar for businessmen on how to create a successful business through strategic initiatives, and then transfer that on some level to family stuff? And would you be willing to come up? Because sh- I know these guys are listening to this going, man, this guy would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, he's not- on the list, right? He's yes, on, the list. Yes, on the list. You're on the list. Yeah, all- you've
3: mentioned that before. Yeah, I'd, I'd be willing to do that. Okay, yeah,
0: it's, so it's great. I think you've got something to ant- say that these young guys, we have a lot of Christian businessmen who, are, who have their own business that would really – Love to sit under your feet and to hear what you have to say. So I will warn you: you might have more guys like me wanting to have me at the flat tail grill for to, to <laughs> learn. So here is my question, Keith: uh, We talked about this a little bit, but what is your purpose now? And I know that's part of it, but have you rediscovered it yet? You've been retired for ten years. Have you have you re- rediscovered or discovered what these last twenty years or twenty five years on this planet will be for you? Well,
3: that's a question that I, and, and that's something we pray about almost every day. And you know, I've questioned myself and my real, uh, I mean, is that a realistic uh, purpose for me this time in life? And lately, I yes, I think it is. Um, how, how's that going to happen? Well, we'll see what God does. I, uh, you know, maybe some opportunities at um, at the church we're at now that uh, to mentor and mm-hmm. to help uh, young men. Um, form and move their businesses forward you know maybe it's seminars or maybe it's it's some of the things that you guys have got i don't know what it looks like yeah but um i've i've got the experience and there's people like me that have the experience a lot of -hmm. you got to make yourself available you got to do some things Mm -hmm. that uh that uh sometimes aren't all that comfortable and you say well i don't know if this time in life i really want to do that but uh, yeah I'm committed to do it. I think that uh, God still has that purpose for me
0: yeah i don't see I don't see in the Bible where that ever changes for a man. These guys are fighting till the day they die. I mean Caleb said i'm eighty four years old and I'm as strong now as I ever was. Give me that hill. I want the biggest give me the biggest hill. I want to get in the arena and I want to take that hill. So the problem with our society is is that we have marginalized, You know, we don't have the extended family network like the Latinos have, you know, where they bring the grandparents into the actual home. We kind of push them into their own home that we're we're not a part of. We we really have marginalized uh, those people in our lives that really can come alongside of us. Do you think, Keith, and Pat, jump in on here if you want to jump speak this as well. Do you think that we've marginalized our elder statesmen because of our own insecurity as younger men? Or maybe it's our pride. It's our pride of, hey, I'm bringing the noise, man. I'm bringing the heat. It's my time in the arena. You're out. You have no value. Why are the younger guys not investing and inserting themselves into the lives of these older guys that have so much to offer? Why do you think that is?
3: Well, I, I think the family unit, the, the attack on the family unit has a lot to do with it in this modern age, uh, 50% divorce rates uh so i the the family unit is fractured in our society today and uh, the ability to for people to reach out to parents is different than it was um 20 years ago i think at least i I see a lot of that the the relations the the father's in the home the father's availability let alone the grandfather's ability to to help in uh in the family unit i think is different than it was 20 years and i don't think it's really good either
0: no well men are you know the family unit you said is fractured and i would add that that it's fractured because men are more broken than they've ever been in the history of the world and i I struggle with under it's kind of awkward for me i'm a 52 year old guy i'll be 52 a week after you're 71 and i lead people and i with this podcast has you know it's going all over the world and we've written books we got another book coming but for me to insert myself into your world which is kind of what i did (laughs) honors you but there's an element that's humbling to me i'm like i'm 52 years old i should have this crap figured out by now but i think there's some strength in realizing i don't have it figured out because i'm 51 i'm not 71
3: well i'm 71 and still don't have it figured out you know i've told you i'm not quite sure what the purpose of life i've had my doubts uh so, yeah, no, it's, it's pretty natural. You just need to be persistent and you need to stay with it.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I, and I think I would tell younger guys the same thing. Go after, find these guys that you respect, that have carried the mantle better than you are currently, that carried the mantle further, and, the, and they, they have something to offer and insert yourself into their lives. I've found something really interesting. I've, ne- I've, I've, been, I've never been rejected by an older guy that I've approached, a guy who's retired. I've never been rejected by that guy. Those guys always, it's like they're waiting for young guys to come and, and to say, I want to honor you. I will insert my passion and vigor and uh, ignorance into your world, but will you please insert your wisdom and experience and expertise into my world? It really flows both ways. I mean, I, our relationship is designed by me to be taking from you. <laughs> but I would like to say I've added, I would, hopefully, I would hope that I've added something to you.
3: Well, you've been a great example. Your ministry, your persistence and that, that's that's guts ball. Done well.
0: But but the thing, too, is that in, in your Ephesians 4.12 mission, I have become a fulfillment of that mission for you because now you're investing your mission statement into my life. Therefore, I'm helping you to live out your mission. Yes,
3: you are. So do you see
0: how that makes sense? I yes. Just, it, I, I mean, you're giving, 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 but still... You're receiving in the fact that you're giving. No, I think that's it's like, one of the, it's like the movie if... Terminator. It's getting really confusing, Dale. Interminable.
3: No, I I think that you know, and that's what we were saying.
0: Yeah. To start with, it. we need
3: we need guys like you to value anything we have to say.
0: Yeah, and we say that's young true. guys. It's 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 really a subjective term because I'm I'm not a young guy. I mean, I'm getting AARP. Junk yeah. mail now.
3: Yes, you are. You're a young guy. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you it's, relative, right? <laughs> it's relative, right? Because to be
0: a young guy is a 30-year-old guy. Yeah. But you're going, hey, you know what? Nah. But, hey, Pat, do you want to speak to this? Why young men struggle to seek out advice from older men?
2: Yeah, I believe that uh, you see it quite frequently is that uh, I think they're – maybe because they're not at that place in their life yet where they've taken over that leadership mantle – I think there's a lot of fear and intimidation. You know, Hmm. that guy is so successful, and what am I? You know, I haven't really done much. And and so there's that fear and intimidation to even approach them. So my thought is, hey, young guys listening, if you have any of that fear of doing that, these older men that are full of wisdom and knowledge and have been huge successes, they're welcoming you to come and approach them and ask them questions, and uh, and and it, it doesn't necessarily have to be a, this big, full mentoring relationship. But um, I mean, just bouncing ideas off each other. Hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? Uh, but I think there is a sense of uh, intimidation and a little bit of fear, like you know, because there is that persona is like they're getting things figured out, but really maybe they don't. They don't want anybody else to know that they haven't got it figured out. Especially well, you know, some older you, you, you
0: kind of prompted something. It's like. When I was coaching football, I probably did 20 years of high school, middle school football coaching stuff. I didn't care if I didn't like their parents, because there are a lot of parents I didn't like. I didn't care if I didn't like the kid. At the end of the day, it was about the W, right? It's about the W. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're a business owner or if you're a, business, a church leader, shouldn't, be a, shouldn't it be about getting the win for the kingdom or getting the win for your organization? Mm-hmm. Shouldn't we strip off that pride and go to guys that are going to help us win? That's good. Uh, It doesn't make sense to me.
3: Like pride's a big part of it. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that we did from a business standpoint that was one of the best things we ever did is is form a Mm -hmm. board. Uh, And they were – we had uh, four or five guys on it, and they were all from either professions or someplace that had gifting that would help us. But they were all older, too. They had all been through a whole bunch of business things and they were able to get things done or help us get things done that we would have never gotten done if we mm. if we hadn't done that. So one of that's one of the smartest things and I learned more from those guys than I did from you know beating my head against the wall forever.
0: And how these these are older guys than you.
3: Well at the time they were yeah, yeah. we were 50s, 60s, I retired at 60, but we we started planning for retirement 15 years ahead of time. We had to change corporate uh, structure. We had to do all kinds of things. And we would never got that done, never had that advice if we hadn't had people, uh, older people on our board that advised us on how to do it and when to do it and all of those things. And, you know, so I think it's a good practical example. And most big corporations, uh, businesses have boards put together mm-hmm. with, and they, and they use a diversity of people to help them get that done.
0: Yeah, I think that's good. I, I think that I would want to caution our listeners that older does not mean wiser. Mm-hmm. Just because a guy's older, he could be a fool. Mm-hmm. Find older and wiser. Mm-hmm. Don't find older and dumber because then good. it's just dumb and dumber. So God, Keith, thank you so much for, for coming. I hope that you guys enjoyed this show with a mentor of mine, Keith Sherman, and I know that he's available to you. He's got a real passion to uh, share and equip our young guys that are coming up and – uh Help, if you get, want a guy to help you get the win, man, I, I would recommend calling Keith. But I, I've got dibs on him, so uh, you, you know, just be careful with your time because otherwise you and I are going to have to get in the arena and uh, fight a t- little tug-of-war with Keith's arms. And he's 70, so they might come out of socket easier. So anyway, <laughs> hey, Keith, thanks for coming on the show, man. I sure appreciate you. And uh, guys, you've been listening. <clears throat> I picked the wrong week to stop smoking cigarettes. Uh, you've picked the. Uh, you've been listening to the Man Card Podcast. I don't really smoke, only when I'm on fire, Pat. Anyway, uh, hey, helping us with this podcast and share this word for men all around the world is easy as one, two, three. So, guys, go listen to the podcast. Keep listening. Subscribe to it. Number two, share it with your friends. And three, write us a positive review. Remember to go on to the Men in the Arena Facebook Closed group. Help us to get to our goal of 30,000 men in the next two years. Guys, we want to help you become the best version of you. You can contact us through the fa- our free app, the Grant For God, or our website under the Contact Us icon. If you can't figure it out, ask an older guy to help you. Anyway, thanks again for listening to this episode of the Man Card Podcast. Until next time, guys, get out of the bleachers. Get in the arena. Insert yourself into the dirt and blood and sweat and tears and grind, grind. and at the end of the day, be
1: it. a man. Interminable man. This is Dale Culver, and you've been listening to the Man Card Podcast. That's your man card been challenged today? If you hunger to be the best version of you, and join thousands of men from around the world on our closed Facebook forum called The Men in the Arena. This is the best place to have open discussions around the topic of manhood. Also, make sure you ask about our newest equipping opportunity called the Man Card Weekend with the men in the arena. Let us inspire the men of your organization to become the best version of themselves today. And don't forget to purchase a copy of our popular field guide, A Bathroom Book for Men. Jim wrote this book for men who don't read books. It's a daily study of manly words explained with great stories. You will find enough entries to read one a day for an entire year. That's right. 365 daily readings on what a man is and does. Get your own copy at mancardpodcast.com. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Man Card Podcast. This is Dale Culver signing off. Until next time, join our army and become the best version of you. Get in the arena. Let the world feel the full weight of who you are. Grind it out. Be a man.